Hello and welcome to A Glimpse into the Future. My name is Rigas Hadzilakos and in this podcast series we explore with some of the world's leading experts how new technologies and ideas can help us shape our future. In this week's episode, my colleague Julie Ziskin talks with the co-chairs of the World Economic Forum's Council on the Future of Cities and Urbanization. Abba Joshigani, Senior Advisor on Infrastructure at the World Bank, and Carlo Ratti, Director of the Sensible City Laboratory at MIT. Hi, um, Carlo, Abba, thank you so much for being here with us. Um, as co-chairs of the Global Future Council on Cities and Urbanization, we're very excited to hear um, your thoughts on cities and what's going to happen in the near future and how digital trends are going to affect us in our cities. Um, the first question that I have for you today is, what are the most significant trends that we can observe today in city administrations preparing for the fourth industrial revolution? And what do we expect in the coming years? Thanks a lot for having us. And uh, um, I think as a starting point, probably want to, to define what we mean by the impact of the fourth industrial revolution in cities. And, and I think the way we've been thinking about this as part of the council is really the convergence of digital and physical. And the convergence of digital and physical, you know, through data, means that it's radically changing the way we can understand, design, and ultimately live in cities. Now, I, I totally agree with the way that Carlo has defined this, what we also call the Internet of Things, so the digital and physical. And I think one of the most significant trends that we can observe today um, is really the fact that the cities have actually realized how this um, Internet of Things, this embracing of data-driven solutions, of technology-driven solutions, can really revolutionize the way that they can deliver services to their citizens, engage their citizens, and in fact, be more inclusive. And I think that that would be, uh, at least in my opinion, one of the most significant um, changes that I've seen. Thank you for that. Um, the second question we have today is, what are the greatest barriers you see to cities becoming digitally enabled. Is all the technology innovation we see in consumer markets really necessary for all cities around the world, or maybe just some? I would say, you know, I've often seen city administrators being quite um, confused, may not be the right word, but be drawn by different businesses selling them different solutions, and maybe solutions which are more complex and which may actually tie you in. And I think just addressing that for cities becomes very difficult. They think that they have to be, um, they have to invest a huge amount, that they have to be technologically very capable. And when you look at cities and you find that at least in developing countries, you know, they are suffering from um, uh, basically a lack of technical capacity, lack of finances, um, difficulty in policy implementation. Uh, then that uh, becomes a great barrier. But I think it can be very, very easily addressed. Yes, and, uh, and you know, I think we, as, as Abba is implying, you know, we need to get rid of this idea that 
one solution fits all, you know, that you can have a big multinational providing solutions for cities and it can be applied all over the world. I think what, what is very important, you know, one of the key barriers is really how we can engage citizens in developing specific ad hoc solutions for different cities. I think another important thing is also how we can bring together not only citizens but also different disciplines. Because here we're talking about a new space and if you look at silos, all silos actually don't work well in this new world where digital and physical come together, where many, many disciplines need to collaborate to improve tomorrow's cities. Thank you for that. I think we definitely have a lot of barriers and a lot of opportunities to see in cities. Our next question is, what are the most innovative business models and technologies you've come across recently and have, that have had a transformative effect on global cities? How do you see these developing? Yeah, well, you know, I think we could mention uh, many of them. I mean, if you think about something that has already happened, you could think about something as simple as uh, car sharing. You know, car sharing was enabled simply by the fact that now we have uh, in our pockets connectivity, we got data in real time, we got a smartphone. And so because of that, an old, a very old idea, car sharing is an idea that dates back from from the second half of the 20th century, now becomes feasible and it's, uh, it's changing the mobility landscape in many cities around the world. You know, this, is, uh, this is the past, this is what has been happening today, and if you look at the next few years, um, with self-driving car, cars, that's going to change even more. And the reason is that today, if, you got, if you're sharing a car, if you do car sharing, you know, to go and look for that car, but tomorrow with self-driving cars, that car will come and look for you. And so it's going to, to, to augment exponentially this impact of sharing in the mobility landscape. Thank you. Ava, would you like to add? Yeah, I think, you know, just adding on to what Carlos said, I would say that just uh, collecting and translating large amount of data into insights so that they can, in fact, deliver um, services and respond um, more quickly and with more efficiency. So, you know, really efficiency of city operations, better match of supply of public um, services, and then also, um, in a way, guessing emerging problems just through uh, use of good big data um, analytics. I would say that, um, and I think I would also want to add to that the fact that it is so much easier now um, th uh, to get citizen participation and citizen engagement in the way that policies are uh, implemented, in the way that policies are actually designed, and in the way that um, services are in fact channeled to specific citizen groups. Thank you. So building on that, what do you see as the very practical applications of data use and how mayors and city administrations can really facilitate that in their cities and see a transformation for their citizens. Are there any best practices that you've come across that you would like to share? I mean, I, there are so many examples, Julie. So, you know, you could look, you could just look at the way that um, public transportation is planned, you know, better and easier and quicker deployment of uh, buses, of, uh, of of trains, of, you know, just serving. It's almost like just-in-time service delivery. Or, if, you know, if you look at, uh, um, you know, these solid waste bins. I mean, I'm giving you very simple examples. Solid waste bins which indicate when they are filled so that, you know, the garbage truck can go and collect them instead of, you know, deploying your uh, fleet every day. So just um, very, very simple ways of, and practical ways of uh, solving mobility problems and of, you know, solid waste, water, and so on. Yeah, and 
Totally, and you know, just, just to, to add on this, it's quite interesting that different cities are also experimenting with different dimensions. So if you look at what's happening today, you see Singapore experimenting a lot of with mobility, intelligent mobility. I think you see such as Copenhagen actually focusing more on sustainability, on carbon. Uh, I see such as Boston actually then focusing on citizen participation with, a, with an experiment called urban mechanics, like making people, citizens, mechanics of the city. So what we're seeing as well is, you know, different cities focusing on different dimensions and then, you know, all learning from each other. And that, what do you think are the key traits of a city that really facilitate its learning and make it a city that's open to innovation? Is it breaking down of silos? Is it specific characteristics of the administration? What would you say is the most important thing that a city should strive for? Uh, I would say if I to, 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 to summarize it, just one slogan, one word, I would say, you know, is uh, doing not only top-down but also bottom-up, really allowing innovation to, to, to flourish. And, and to do that, you need to, to put some things in place. You need to have, you know, space for people, for young graduates to, to do startups and to experiment. Uh, you want to put out their prog problems. You want to have hackathons and so on. So it's really combining certainly some top-down decisions will certainly be necessary, but also with a very rich bottom-up ecosystem. No, absolutely, Carlo. And you know, to that, I think for that to happen, uh, one of the most critical elements is uh, city leadership and a visionary leadership. And you know, that then leads to open data. It leads to opening up data to, to the youth who may come up with uh, amazing apps. And you see that, I mean, a living example of that is the city of Seoul in Korea. So they have uh, open data access. They, in fact, uh, really encourage the youth to come up with apps. And uh, they have this amazing um, slogan. It is uh, e-soul, a me-soul, and uh, you-soul, which kind of connects everybody uh, digitally. And, and, you know, when you look at this, it's about uh, a developed country, but also if you look at emerging countries, you see amazing things happening. Think about many African countries where people are playing and developing new mobile payment systems. Think about what's happening like in Sri Lanka, was there recently where actually fishermen use real-time information through smartphones in order to, to get a better market and better prices for their fish. So, so we're seeing plenty of these examples, and especially to me, the very interesting ones are the one that happens where you would never expect it and allow leapfrogging. So people who are behind before jump ahead of those who are ahead. So there's been a lot of talk about citizen-centric cities and focusing on the citizen when creating city services, but do we consider the aggregate citizen or the individual citizen? How do you, how do you see that progressing? Well, I think if you look at it at the lens of inclusion, then I would say that certain public services, so let's say good air quality, uh, drinking water, access to electricity, access to paved roads, you know, we're, we're looking at the aggregate citizen, do they all have it? But then we know that in every city there are pockets of poverty and there are pockets of exclusion as it were, there's this otherness and that exclusion could be financial, it could be ethnic, it could be gender-based. So I would say that, you know, it is not just addressing the aggregate citizen, but seeking out those who are more vulnerable and where the city could focus on, on doing more for those citizens. The aggregate in one sense, but also individual in the other. If we could just ask one more question, it would be, if you have one message on the topic of cities and innovation and how they're going to um, use data in the future, to, uh, to share with the decision makers here from around the world, here in Davos, what would, you, what would you say and what would you like them to leave with? 
I would say that um, standardized data collected systematically, share it, and believe in open data, but with a lot of responsibility. And, and I would say also, yes, you know, look at technology, look at uh, you know, how data many things can change the city, but in the end, look at the ultimate goal. And, you know, for the ultimate goal, then I would say never forget, and you know, I will try to use a, to, to, to take inspiration from a sentence by Frank Lloyd Wright, I would say, you know, never forget the three most important things, and that people, people, and people. That was Julie Zisking talking with Abba Joshigani and Professor Carlo Ratti, co-chairs of the Global Future Council on Cities and Urbanization. My name is Rigas Hadzilakos, and that was all from this week's episode of A Glimpse into the Future.